0: Hey Gems, welcome back to the show. Let's not waste any time and jump straight into the topic. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O L L dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Y'all know I love attachment theory. So what I'm doing is, because of someone having reached out on Instagram, I'm going to go through each attachment style and dive a little bit deeper into what it looks like, how to manage it, and keep it from getting in the way of having the best connections in your relationships, being able to really be satisfied and enjoy your partner and your family members. So if you haven't listened to the All About Attachment episode, I highly suggest that you scroll, 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 go find that episode and listen to it. That's the lowdown on all of the attachment 101 things. And then I already did an episode on anxious preoccupied. Today, I'm doing an episode on dismissive, avoidance. So before we hop into this, I'm going to kind of say the feel, the vibe of each attachment style so that you can have a better understanding, okay? For someone who is secure, they might say being close is easy. So for for someone who's secure, they trust the world, they trust relationships, they assume positive intent, and they feel like being close is easy. For someone who's anxiously preoccupied, they might think, I want to be emotionally intimate with people, but they don't want to be with me. I want to be close. I want to be connected. I want to be intimate. But I don't feel like they want me. Now, someone who is dealing with a dismissive, avoidant style is going to say something like, I'd rather not depend on others or have others depend on me. I'd rather not depend on others or have others depend on me. There's some disconnection there. There's some space. There's some distance, right? And then fearful avoidant would say, I want to be close, but what if I get hurt? And so if you haven't seen the theme yet, and if you haven't listened to the previous episodes, attachment is all about fears and needs, okay? Okay. There are four basic fears, fear of abandonment, fear of rejection or judgment, fear of failure, and fear of not being blank enough. You get to fill that in with whatever you like, short, small, tall, cute, ugly, round, skinny, whatever the case may be. And those four fears have four needs on the other end of it, right? So our needs would be, you know, if you have a fear of abandonment, you want to feel like someone's not going anywhere that they're going to be loyal that they aren't going to jump ship if you have a fear of rejection or judgment then you know you want to feel accepted you want to feel acceptable as you are if you have a fear of failure then you want to feel like a success and if you have a fear of not being blank enough then you want to feel like you're enough as you are that is the foundation, and every fear will trigger a certain stimulus. So we're all we're all animals, um, and we all have our fight, flight, and freeze responses. Now, I think, personally, that we have a combination of all of the fears kind of going on in our lives. But we have a tendency to have maybe one that's a primary fear over the others. Same thing with our response. We can experience fight, flight, or freeze, but we usually have a tendency to stick to one. I'm usually a runner, or I'm usually going to want to fight, or I usually freeze up when I'm um, confronted with conflict, right? And so understanding yourself, taking the time to dive into your own experience is going to help you to be able to see what's going on and creating the cycles that you experience so that you can create new cycles and new experiences. So the first thing is, is raising your awareness, being able to identify what's happening. You listening to this podcast is one way. If you listen to the other podcasts or you read and, and you, you know, watch videos about personal development, all of that is helping you to raise your awareness of yourself and observe what's going on. And then you have to do something with that stuff, right? Now, as it pertains to dismissively uh, avoidant characters or attachment styles, right, This person views themselves as self-sufficient and invulnerable to feelings associated with being closely attached to others. That's why they say, I don't want to depend on anybody and I don't need nobody to depend on me. Okay. They often deny needing close relationships. Some may even view close relationships as relatively unimportant. Okay. So this person got this way typically because they, it's all based on your childhood experiences, but they felt or they they perceived or they were led to believe that You know, connection and closeness was unimportant, whether that's from rejection, neglect, the perception of of rejection or neglect, forgive me. And so there's a multitude of ways that this can occur. It doesn't have to necessarily be abuse. It's just about how we filter our early life experiences and how they imprint on our hearts and on our minds, okay? So how do we deal with that? The sad thing is that as I was doing my research, all of the stuff that comes up is like how to break up with a dismissive attachment style, how to change a dismissive attachment style, what's wrong with this dismissive avoidant person. And it was all really sad, like negative stuff that didn't happen when I looked up anxiously attached um, individuals. And so I feel like because of the presentation of dismissive avoidant individuals it's a it can be very off-putting if that makes sense and so the thing it's all about fear they want to be close but they fear right one of their their primary fears being triggered and so it's this push and pull this back and forth to an extent okay now how do we deal with that um As our as ourselves, if we are not dismissively attached, we can cope with our emotions and use them as data to understand what's happening and what's going on. So, if you are dismissively uh, avoidant, then use your emotions, use your experiences as data. You are doing research. You are experimenting. Right? Everything's an experiment. When you go to the doctor, they give you drugs, and they don't even know how the drugs are actually going to affect you until you take them. That's why they tell you to come up for a follow appointment. Right? Now, you get to decide. What environments that you're in to some extent, right? And choosing supportive environments are going to help you to feel safe. Attachment is all about safety at the end of the day. And so if you have had a tendency of feeling unsafe in certain environments, well, maybe you need to use that data, use your emotions for data, and choose, look for environments that are more supportive of your safety, your emotional safety, okay? And that's going to help for you to, to alleviate some of that pressure and that stimulus to trigger one of your fears. Now, in the previous episode, I mentioned that you can do some research, learn about your attachment style so that you're able to see when you're triggered, you're able to know um, how to maneuver. And I say it all the time, if you get a flat tire, you got to take the tire off because you can't drive on a flat, but you also can't just drive without a tire at all. You have to replace it with something else. And so once you raise your awareness and kind of see, okay, this is my dismissive, avoidant attachment style playing in my relationship. And, and these are the things that I say when I'm triggered. And this is how I interact and react and behave when I'm triggered. And so we have to take that off and put something else on. It doesn't mean you're broken. It just means, hey, we could use a tune-up. We could do an upgrade. We can all do an upgrade on our minds and our bodies and our and our ways of seeing the world. We upgrade everything else around us, our phones, our computers, our clothes, our cars, our houses. So why not upgrade our mindset and our perspective? Right. Another way of dealing with or managing dismissive avoidant attachment style is to maybe do some affirmations or mirror work. Anyone that knows me knows I love Louise Hay. She wrote You Can Heal Your Life and it's a great book for diving into what those primary fears are, what those primary issues are and helping to resolve some of them and rewriting the scripts that we have in our minds right so our experiences create these scripts these core beliefs that say i'm unlovable that say you know one wants to be around me that say you know what i don't need anybody i can do this myself and i don't want anybody to need me either and so maybe doing some mirror work and some affirmations could be helpful to um if you feel like it's not working in your relationship or it's unproductive to to alter that and see what happens you know And then be able to change your self-talk, right? The mirror work, the affirmations, those are helping you to change the conversation that's going on in your mind so that it's informing you to do something different, to be different with people that you're close to. And so all of the attachment, the insecure attachment styles have to do with fear, because those are the primary things taking taking hold in those situations. And so what I say, it sounds crazy. What would a secure person do? You know, like what would Jesus do? But this is what would a secure person do in this situation? Secure person would say, being close is easy. Well, you might feel like I don't need nobody and I don't want nobody to need me. Okay. You may not all of a sudden just jump to being close is easy. But what are the steps? What are the the mottos and the sayings between the two? And how can you take one step? In the direction to where you want to be, you get to decide what that is and what you want your relationships to look like. And be honest, talk to your partner if you are with somebody, Um, have these open conversations when you're dating, so that you're able to pick the people that are going to be most supportive of you. And not to try to hide, right? We try to put our Sunday best on when we're dating and not show our crazy. I'm like, let me tell you how crazy I am up front. And then we can decide if you want to, you can decide if you want to talk to me and I can decide if I want to talk to you still. You know what I'm saying? And so maybe we need to flip dating on its head and try something different. If we keep trying the same thing over and over and over again and get the same result and we don't like the result, then we got to do something different because that's called insanity. But those are just some of the tips and tricks that came up that I can think of that I would suggest to clients if they are working on, if they become aware that they're dismissive avoidant and are working on not letting it get in the way of their relationships. I will be continuing to have this conversation around attachment. As I was doing this research, I was like, ooh, I need to do some episodes on how to date an anxiously attached person or how to date a dismissive attached person. So those, those keep an eye out. They're going to be coming up. So subscribe. I wanted to make sure that I said, hey, and did a shout out for UNLV underscore student who left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you. They said, love so fun, insightful, relevant, and delightfully brief little, like little nibbles. I'm Really trying to get into podcasts. And these are perfect. Smiley face. I had to put the smiley face in there. So um, to you and to all the rest of the gems, I will talk to you next time. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So.